Welcome to our podcast series, Talking with Traders, hosted by expert trader Garth McKenzie in London, from where he's interviewing various guests on the topic of trading. Welcome to season two of the Talking with Traders podcast series with me, Garth McKenzie. In this season, I'll be interviewing various successful traders and investors in my network and asking them pertinent questions about their career in the financial markets. I'll also be discussing how they've dealt with the recent surge in market volatility following the outbreak of the COVID-19 pandemic and how they are viewing the future as we all adjust to a new way of working. We'll also be talking about market themes that are likely to gain traction in a post-COVID-19 world. Joining me on today's Talking with Traders podcast are the head of IG South Africa, Travis Robson, and Charles Savage, who's the CEO of Purple Capital Group. Welcome to both of you. Uh, before you get into this, you both have an interesting history with each other. Um, Travis, you we used to work for Charles at GT247. Am I right? That's correct. Um, I was working in the financial services in London from 2004 to 2008 and I came back to South Africa and it was a um, good opportunity to come back and good opportunity to stick my teeth in derivative and CFT traders in trading and Charles gave me the opportunity at um, GT247 and later at Easy, well not Easy Equities but more Emperor Asset Management and yeah, so we had a, I was there for four years, good relationship. Great times. And now you're the co-head and chief commercial officer at IG South Africa. So in a sense, you're now with the opposition. Um, Charles, you're obviously leading brand within the business. You've got GT247, you've got Emperor Asset Management, um, Easy Equities and now Easy Properties as well. So you've got a couple of different brands under your banner. But I think in this context, we're going to be speaking to you predominantly as the head of Easy Equities. Yeah? Yeah, I think that's right. I mean, that's the brand that we're putting all of our efforts around and really differentiating ourselves from the rest of the players. Okay, super. Well, thanks very much to both of you for joining us. And um, I look forward to chatting to you over the next 35 or 40 minutes or so. What's interesting at the moment is that we're seeing a huge pickup in retail trading activity globally. And uh, everybody, I think, knows about Robinhood, the, the app that you can now trade on in, in the US, uh, effectively a commission-free trading app. And it's almost like a, like a computer game in the way that it looks. And there's lots and lots of press being written about the fact that we're suddenly seeing this mass influx of retail traders coming along and signing up to the Robinhood app and starting to trade the stock market. Now, obviously, you guys cater to the retail markets in, in a big way. Um, are you seeing a, a big pickup in client activity in South Africa and big account openings in South Africa, Travis? Um, yeah, you know, the vast majority of online stockbrokers, and I'm sure Charles will speak to this, has seen an uptick in client applications and trading activity. You know, it's IG. Um, we are a world leader in online trading. Um, we've, we are a little bit different to Easy Equities. I'm really excited what Charles is doing with Easy Equities, targeting new entrants coming into the market and supporting people at the beginning of the investment journey. Um, it's really exciting and I, I, I really follow that closely. For IG, um, what we're seeing is um, really big growth in uptick. Uh, we're seeing a five to eight fold in some of our jurisdictions in client activations. Uh, 
we saw our active client base grow by 34% year on year in 2020, uh, which is really good from 239,000, which is exciting. And it's exactly probably what Charles is going to speak to now as he's seeing the same uptake and I'm sure a lot of our competitors and other providers within the online trading space are seeing the same. Yeah, that's great to hear. And Charles, what are your numbers looking like at Easy Equities? Obviously, you guys do cater in a slightly different part of the market in the sense that you offer fractional shares, which is interesting. Um, and you really have created a platform for start-out uh, investors and traders to get into the market, which I think is really admirable, something that was not there a couple of years ago. Yeah, thanks, man. Um, I mean, the, we published our results into the end of February. And in those results, you know, we were our growth rates were sort of 100% year on year. And just to put that into context, what that meant was that we were onboarding about 10,000 customers a month in February. And then COVID came around and from March, April, May, all the way through to June and July, those numbers averaged about 50,000 accounts a month. So almost 2,000 new customers a day. Um, so the, it was a sort of groundswell of new investors. And the activity levels are also commensurately higher. I mean, you've obviously seen in that same period, you've seen you know volatility that we haven't seen since 2008. And obviously volatility drives volume and volume uh, you know, drives that, that increased activity. So crazy kind of numbers in for us to deal with. I mean, in our wildest dreams, you know, 100, 200% growth would be imaginable, but not the kind of 500% growth that we experienced. So a huge inflow of new clients and then commensurately more activity at the same time. Yeah, that's fantastic to hear. And you've recently announced a partnership with Capitec Bank as well. So that also gives you presumably a great deal more reach in terms of accessing clients at that lower end of the market. Yeah, you know, the key to um, any sort of disruptive financial service is the cost of acquisition of your customers. If you if you pay too much for them, then, you know, you're never going to make money from them or you certainly aren't going to be able to provide a low-cost service. So for us, distrib accessing distribution at a low cost has been always been key to our strategy. And Capitec just delivers that, you know, to the biggest market segment in South Africa. Uh, you know, I think they're number one now in retail accounts. Um, and by integrating our services through the banking application, not only do we get access to their distribution, but their distribution gets access to our services at a zero data cost, which is also a huge benefit because that market segment spends a lot of money on data you know, and if you're spending money on data to do investment services, then that just detracts from your return. So the Capitec deal is a, is a big deal for us. Yeah, absolutely. It's, it sounds like a, a perfect ma marriage, that actually. Now, um, you know, when we talk about trading and particularly active trading, um, the st statistics for retail traders are, are notoriously bad, and particularly when we're talking about leveraged products, and this is more your space, Travis. But, I mean, it, it, regulations dictate that CFD providers have to uh, disclose what percentage of their clients lose money. Um, and I know that from right across the board, all of the CFD providers that I look at globally, that number is always somewhere between 70 and 80% typically. Um, what do you guys do to try and assist your clients to be better traders so that they have greater longevity? Because ultimately, you know, you don't want your clients blowing up that you want them to, to last and to ultimately be your clients in five, six, seven, ten years time. 
Yeah, I mean, absolutely. As you mentioned, there's a lot of people that do lose in trading and it, it is very different to easy equities and investing for the first time people coming in. I mean, one of the things that we benefit from is that we have 2,000 staff around the world and 65 staff in South Africa. And we're really innovative in IT and, de- and technology development. And I think that's important. You know, it's really important that we recognize that technology is central to our customer experience and that customers customers should be empowered by the technology we offer and not restricted by it. So to answer your question, I think we have a very exciting projects and we have many different projects and many different services. And um, one of the things we've launched is trading and performance analytics, which is built into our trading platform. Um, what will that mean? This will bring trading to a personal level and it's important for traders to know what their stats look like and where they're going right and where they're going wrong. And, you know, some of those features are, and it's just like chart plotting, cumulative P&L, best and worst markets, average hold time, break even stats, um, clearly dis- displaying these P&Ls and total returns and net adjustments. I know they sound like big words, but I think for many traders, having the trading and analytics side behind them really get the grasp from the client perspective of understanding on their trading behavior, especially with leverage trading, as you mentioned, and 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 really a diagnosis of common mistakes that many traders have. And we've been running this for two years now, um, really recent in South Africa, and we've been getting some really good responses um, from our clients. And we continuously building on that um, infrastructure and the network with our clients and really understanding on how we can better provide data to the client to understand their trading history and understanding the behavior to enhance their trading performance in the leverage space. Yeah, I've seen it. I've used it myself. And I must say, it is quite impressive, that trade analytics tool that you that you refer to. Charles, um, you guys are playing in a slightly different space because you don't offer your clients any leverage as far as I understand. So by that very nature, you, your your success rate of clients, I guess, should be better, right? Yeah, I mean, and the other factor is that about 50 55% of all clients' assets sit in ETFs. So, you know, they cap- they're capturing sort of benchmark returns and then, uh, you know, their high conviction trades or investments, if you like, are centered with 35 to 40% of their portfolio. And so in the result, they're getting, they're getting great outcomes. Um, I think the key is though that, and, you know, we obviously run a trading business. So this, this, that's, and everywhere I've looked and I've been around this industry for a long time, the stats have always been about 80% lose. But it's interesting that a lot of focus and attention is paid to that. That's not that's commensurate with every single profession I've ever reviewed. You know, not everyone who wants to be CEO of a listed company or wants to win the PGA Tour or a Formula One gets to do it. So, you know, trading is that it's tough, but it's no different from any other endeavor and it requires a high degree of discipline and skill. And anyone who's committed to it has to it has to commit to a, a journey of education and engagement. And, you know, I love initiatives like what Travis was talking about, where you enrich that experience with data um, and try and guide people along the right way. So for us, yeah, a very different environment. For We see ourselves as setting a playing field that is safe for investors. Uh, and I think that's where we are distinctly different from competitors like 
Robinhood, where you know they've let themselves they let their first-time investors get access to things like ladder options and you know very speculative products. And as our customers graduate, based on their experience and education, then you know we need to we'll, we will make other products and services, more sophisticated products and services available to them. Uh, and we've got to think about what the right time to do that is. So will we always not provide leverage? I don't think so. I think you know leverage can be a very useful tool in building a portfolio. And so at some point, I think we will provide leverage, but we've got to think about the right time and opportunity and how do we introduce that in a way that is still safe for our investors. Yeah. Okay. Super. I really like that analogy actually that you gave about you know the eighty percent failure rate or non-success rate. Let's call it in on Formula One and the PGA Tour because actually it's something I've never really thought about. Actually, I've always seen it in the trading context and thought, gee, you know, the success rate of traders is really poor. But actually, you're quite right. I mean, it's the, no different to any other profession. So I suppose we must always give uh, give it in that in that sort of context as well. Um. We've spoken a little bit about innovation, uh, and both of your firms are incredibly innovative. I know IG uh, spends millions of pounds every year, Travis, on research and development and trying to yep. enhance the, the product that you offer. And I want to just chat a little bit about that, um, specifically from an IG perspective quickly. What sort of innovations are you seeing the broader firm, IG, working on? And, and are any sort of specific things you can talk to us about that we should look out for in the future from an innovative perspective? Yeah, uh, you know, I think if I had to look at, and I've done a lot of research on this, um, I'm actually writing my dissertation, MBA dissertation on the client decision factors for choosing a stockbroker and looking particularly at um, customer relationship management linked to customer experience. So I've done a lot of research and I think it is a very, very interesting space that we're in at the moment where um, it's about client education and how do you enhance that? Client usage of platform and technology, and how do you enhance that? Client re- reliability of infrastructure. So, how does and you know Charles's infrastructure around easy equities and the reliability of that, and IG around the reliability of their infrastructure. And so, there's a lot of in- um, innovation around that. If I had to speak to one particular point, I think it comes back to education. And Charles is very good, and we look at easy equities and targeting the client journey and the educational aspect. And we're very passionate about that and how we provide tools to provide the end user, the education and knowledge about trading and how they take it forward. Um, and I love the analogy, Charles, you mentioned on, you know, the Formula One driver, not everybody can do it. And I agree completely. I think what we need to do is really upskill people and get them knowledgeable. And one of the things we look at is, you know, Trading Academy. So we offer IG Trading Academy, which offers a huge range of resources to help sharpen an individual's trading skills. Um, it's taken at the individual pace. So it's kind of like a webinar or seminars and it's a step-by-step courses. Uh, it's, it's interactive. It's engaging. It allows people to understand what's happening in the market. And coupled with that, and I've seen, um, you know, Easy Equities and other, other competitors in the space do it is um, educational webinars and seminars. Um, Standard Bank's good for that. There's a lot of other firms that are really good for that. And I think if we can all do our part as a financial service provider and a pers- uh, people in the industry to really educate with knowledgeable people that can support what we're trying to offer, we can go f- forward and really host 
in-depth research and knowledge and insight and giving the client the opportunity to engage. Um, I think that's what I love about Easy Equities. They're really good about allowing the client the opportunity to engage with them, be it through social media, be it through a webinar, be it through education. And I think that allows everybody the opportunity to learn and to engage with the broker. And I think that was the, in the past. You didn't have that relationship with your broker as much as how it is tactile and very engaging at the moment. And I think that will build people's knowledge, understanding, respect, and going forward, the footprint to build our industry into where it needs to go in comparison to the US, the UK, and Australia. Mm, yeah, absolutely. You're listening to Talking With Traders, a podcast series brought to you by IG, a world-leading online trading and investment provider. If you haven't checked out the IG online trading platform, please do so and visit IG.com. Also, make sure you subscribe to the podcast series on your favorite podcast app or website by clicking on the subscribe button and you'll be notified weekly as we release new episodes. And and Charles, the same question back at you. You know, I've always found uh, the purple group uh, starting out with GT two four seven. I mean, I've had an account there probably nearly twenty years. Um, I've always found that you guys punch above your weight in terms of innovation. You've always been at the forefront of things that were that were somewhere overseas, but not necessarily in South Africa yet. And I've always admired that about you because you guys don't have the balance sheet of a big bank or of an IG markets. And yet you've continually innovated and you've been incredibly smart with a lot of the products that you've come up with. And let, you've blazed a trail on a lot of things and easy equities being one of those, which is now proving to be a, a great success. And I think possibly many... Uh, many people thought that it, it, it might not be successful, but you're certainly proving them wrong. Can you tell us about about some of the innovations that you guys have got planned for the future? And maybe in that light, where we would potentially see easy equities in five years' time? Yeah, thanks, man. Um, you know, we did, the key for us in terms of driving innovation is listening to our customers. Um, so, uh, you know, most of our innovation comes from customer requests or demands. Uh, we spend a lot of time, Travis mentioned, and engaging with them. And then it's sort of, it's not the weight of the biggest customers. So if I look, reflect on my own career, we always built functionality for the clients who owned the most assets with us. You know, at Easy, what we do is we build functionality based on the number of customers that are asking. So, you know, our innovation is driven by that. What are they asking for? I mean, there's some there's some key uh, in sort of step changes that are happening currently to just create a slightly higher level of sophistication on the platform. Um, those relate to one more global market. So we recently just launched Australia to South Africans, but about to launch Australia to Australians. Australians require a higher level of sophistication in their platform capability. So things like limit orders, which are just, you know, those are just run of the mill, easy pieces of functionality for guys like IG. But for an easy equities customer, a limit order is a foreign concept. Though. We only have market orders. So adding some limit orders um, to the platform as well, some live prices to the platform, just to bridge the gap between you know, what was an investment platform to something that's slightly more sophisticated than the first version. And then one of the key aspects uh, and where we spend a lot of time is to identify the behavioral traits of good investors versus bad investors. And we built a loyalty program 
which recognizes those traits and then rewards our customers with zero brokerage. Um, and we, we have the first of four pillars on which the loyalty program is built on. Um, the first one is portfolio diversification. So we measure your diversification. And if you're, if that diversification meets the rule set, then you get a sort of diversification badge and you earn sort of, let's call it 25% off your brokerage. Um, the next one is, do you make net incremental deposits uh, per month or net inflows on your portfolio per month as opposed to outflows? And if you do that, then you've earned another 25% sort of participation badge. And then um, there's an educational program or there's a course every month. And literally, there are about three to four minutes. I think the first one was the difference between trading and investing. You take the after the after the video, there's three or four questions and you need to get 75%. And if you get that right, then you get the third badge. And then the fourth one is really just built on community. So we have a, a ability to give to charity on the platform as part of your transactions. And if you've given to charity in the month, then you earn, you've now earned 100% brokerage. So for us, we're trying to modify behavior using some gamification, but also some carrots and sticks in the sense that, you know, if you do all the things right and you create a better portfolio, then we'll give you zero brokerage. So rather than something like Robin Hood, which gives you zero brokerage from the start, we say, look, we'll give it to you, but you need to earn it and use it as a measure so that you can, you know, that it's something that you can aspire towards rather than getting it for free, which we think people will value more. So there's been, we've done a lot of, um, a lot of um, innovation around that. Looking forward, the innovation is going to come from turning the platform into a, a, a true global marketplace. I mean, we only cover the US, South Africa, and Australia. We have to turn to Europe um, and get European markets on, and then we have to pay some a lot of attention to Asia and get some of the Asian markets on. And really, for us, create a single destination for all of your investing activities. And in that regard, uh, there three, we see three silos of investing. There's the DIY investor, you know, who, as the name suggests, does it for himself. Then there's the advised investor who wants somebody else to help him along the way. And then for us, there's the managed investor, which is someone who's more sophisticated than someone who's advised. He can pick an asset manager but doesn't want to manage his own assets. And interestingly for us, we think that all of all clients actually fit into all three buckets at different times in their lives. So if I just take myself, I've got very high conviction stocks that no one's going to convince me otherwise of. Uh, you know, Purple would be a good example of that. I've also got financial goals that are just so boring or so long-term for me that I'm just bad at managing them. And so I'm impatient with them. I'll trade them too much. And so I outsource them. And that's where I use a, a robo-advisor. And then finally, there are sectors of the economy, global economy, that I don't understand, but I'm intrigued by. Uh, you know, an example of that might be in the current environment is the pharmaceutical industry. You know, could I have picked a winner coming out of COVID, not a chance, but they're asset managers who focus on those sectors and buying the right stocks in those sectors. And so I outsource some of my money to people that are active in spaces that I'm interested in. And so for us, the real innovation comes from creating this capability where the first time novice investor is as welcome as the sophisticated investor and has a destination for all of their investing activities um, and can make those investing activities across the globe. Um, and that's, you know, Easier, easier said than done. You know, you're operating in multi-jurisdictions, um, different languages, different rule sets when it comes to execution and asset management, etc. So that's the future of easy just looks more global. So Africa has been a great case study uh, and one that I think is very relevant all around the world. 
but it's time for Easy to grow up globally now and go and compete with uh, the rest of the world uh, and some of the sort of better known competitors who you know have got a lot more traction in their home markets than than we have. Yeah, wow, that's a fascinating insight, and and it certainly does seem like a very bright future and a very exciting future for you guys. Now that's kind of also teased me up um, a little bit for my next question, uh, Travis, and I want to direct this one yeah. at, at you specifically, um, and it refers to offshore uh, investing and offshore trading. You know, it's an unfortunate fact that the JSE just seems to be shrinking. Um, you know, I saw a stat the other day that. If you look over the last 10 years or so, the number of shares listed on the JSE is more or less halved. And we've seen some, you know, big um, players exiting our market for a variety of reasons. And the liquidity certainly doesn't seem to be as good as it was a couple of years ago. You guys through the group, through broader IG group globally, uh, obviously have reach. You are able to allow your clients to trade on offshore markets, be that in the UK or Europe or the USA. Are you seeing a big pickup in your South African clients beginning to shift money offshore and trade offshore as a, as a percentage of your broader revenues in your business? Um, yeah, to answer the question, I absolutely agree. I think clients are not only thinking about offshore, uh, because of the diversification, and that has a lot to do with, you know, political insecurity and, you know, um, diversification of wealth. But I also think if you look at social media, um, we look at Twitter and we looked at LinkedIn and we look at many different vehicles and they're just more spoken revenue or results on Tesla or Facebook or Netflix. And I think so clients obviously wanting to engage in those brands and Charles mentioned going offshore to America and picking up some of those big high level names. And I think clients or traders or investors are looking at the social media to extent and wanting to participate. So we are seeing it as, you know, IG, as you mentioned, a global business and we have um, 16 countries that we operate in, but we have 17,000 different financial markets that we offer. And we are, we have, a really great offering in terms of international scope and growth. And we're definitely seeing clients expand into that. And for us, having that um, global presence, and I think global presence is important. And Charles mentioned him building the global presence just as important for easy equities. We're fortunate enough that we have that. And we, with this, for us, this allows our client in South Africa to expand and take advantage of opportunities, both locally, because I think local is important. I, you know, I think we talk about the NASPAs and we talk about the Sassels. Sassels have been very topical in the news lately and the metal stocks and the banks particularly. But what we are seeing is diversification of trading ideas is prevalent in our market. And I'm glad that we have the opportunity to allow our clients to take up those opportunities and trade them. Yeah. Okay. No, that's super. And... um Charles, I want to just address something with you now and just pivot away from the discussion a little bit. Um, something that's happened recently and uh, and it was alluded to earlier. In fact, I think Travis mentioned it, that you, you guys at Easy Equities are very transparent and I certainly give you 100% credit for that. You are very transparent. You communicate with your clients very, very well. But something came up last week which is around script lending and um, it was a situation where you were 
wanting to offer your clients the ability to lend their script out and uh, to, to effectively to benefit from that. And that's something that's not really been available to retail clients in the past. It's always been the domain of pension funds and institutions. And um, and somebody, a client of mine, in fact, asked me about it and said, you know, what do you think of Easy Equities doing this? And I said, well, you know, if I have to make a comparison, it's a little bit like renting your car out when you're not using it. You know, you can earn a bit of money off your car when you're not using it as a rental vehicle. And in a sense, script lending would be the same thing. Um, you, you can lend your shares out and earn a little bit of an extra return on your shares each year by by script lending or lending them out to short sellers. I think it's a good idea, but obviously I'm a sophisticated investor and I understand how that works. From your perspective, I know it was a little bit of a social media storm and I, I think you guys did very well to um, you know, to put out that fire quite quickly and you were very transparent with your clients. But can you tell us a little bit about that innovation? Because you, you did mention that it's not going away. It's something you'd like to still pursue, but you just felt that maybe the investors and the, your clients needed to be better prepared to understand how it works before you relaunch it again. Yeah, thanks, man. Um, you know, it was, I guess, we'd lost sight of how sophisticated script lending really is. I mean, you know, for people that have been in the markets as long as I have, and the team that work with me have commensurately been with me for a long time, it's a concept that, you know, for us adds a lot of value. One, it's an important construct of financial markets, you know, there are no sellers, there are no buyers. Um, and so it creates liquidity too. Your analogy works perfectly. You know, it is like renting your car out. And if you're not using your assets, let's use them more productively. But at the same time, make sure that you do so in under a well-risk managed infrastructure. So we spent, uh, it must be 18 months contractually um, getting the infrastructure right, uh, technically and legally, uh, and then testing all of that with, you know, market professionals and getting those relationships. So we, we were hell of excited about it. We got, I think we got, we got a lot of fatigue in developing the product and the terms and conditions and how long it took. And we lost, we was just too excited trying to get it to market and didn't spend enough time educating our customers on what it means. Um, and we, the big mistake we made is we opted people in. And, you know, I take full accountability for that. When you opt people in, it's, you know, you, you're essentially giving them some form, I guess, of advice. But when I tested the product on myself, I said, well, I'd hate to be left out of this. You know, if I don't read my emails and easy launches a service that I can earn more income on, I'd rather have the opportunity to opt out of it and having earned some income than, you know, wake up to it a year later having not earned any income. And so we weighed which one was better for the customers. And personally, I weighed that. And I felt that we would take more criticism for leaving people out <laughs> because fundamentally script lending is something that all of us have been left out of for a very long period of time. So I made that mistake. We're definitely going to bring it back. Um, and it's funny, you know, we've learned more in failure than uh, from our success. And this was another great example of learning from failure. Uh, and what we're going to do now is that the innovation that comes out of Easy is accelerating. It's not slowing down. And so the realization is that we're not doing as good a job of communicating the different the innovation as it occurs. So we've, we're going to create a destination site now called Coming Soon. 
And what we'll do is list all of the functionality stacks that we're thinking about, what progress we've made, how you can get involved, what you need to understand, can you opt in early, all those kind of things, so that we can manage this innovation better. So it's definitely coming. Um, you know, it's a great way to uplift your assets. You know, in a if you think we you know, in the last six months we've seen good returns out of you know last three months we've seen good returns out of out of South African equity markets. But if we take the last ten years, it's been pretty poor. And you know, any way to enhance your returns over the long term, if it's 30, 40 basis points, you compound that out over 10 years, you get a good number. And especially when you compound it out over 30 or 40 years. So it's definitely something we want to educate our clients about. But importantly, they must make the choice proactively to get involved uh, rather than us doing it for them. And yeah, we'll spend some time making sure that they fully understand what they're getting into. Because from a risk mitigation point of view, We've done everything. I mean, there's there, the collateral cover, daily mark to market, the balance sheet of the counterparty, you know, everything. We've we've stress tested this thing uh, exhaustively. So there, it's it's worth enhancing the return, uh, and it can make a difference. You know, as I said, I think in the release, we it essentially on a diversified portfolio, it would reduce the average cost of our customers by 50%. So the platform, which we all know is cheap already is going to be 50% cheaper if you opt in to, uh, to script lending. And, you know, that for us is you can't control what returns you're going to get from the markets. But if you can control your costs, then you get an upliftment in return. So for us, we see it as a control mechanism for costs rather than uh, enhancing returns. Yeah. Okay. Well, that's very well explained. And once again, you know, congrats or kudos for, for being so transparent and upfront with the issue and, and dealing with it the way that you have, because I think you put out that fire very successfully. And, uh, and I wish you the best of luck when you do eventually launch it formally again through the, the mechanisms that you've spoken about. Um, at this point, I think we're going to end the interview there, guys. It's it's been great chatting to you. Uh, both IG and Easy Equities are, are you know doing fantastic things for investors and traders in South Africa, you've made the market a lot more accessible uh, to retail traders over the years. Certainly in my 20 odd years in the market, I've seen the barriers to entry coming down and down and down in terms of retails, retail traders and investors actually getting access to the market. And you're both blazing a trail in that respect in terms of making the market more available to, to everybody in the retail space. So thank you very much to both of you for the hard work that you both do, I think, in, in terms of the broader market and what you are bringing available to retail clients in, in South Africa. Um, that's it, guys. Thanks very much for the time. I appreciate chatting to both of you and uh, I look forward to catching up with both of you again at some point in the future. Thanks, guys. Thanks, Thanks very much for having us on. Cool. Thank you. Thanks, guys. Thanks for joining us for today's episode of Talking with Traders, brought to you by IG, a world-leading CFD provider. We really are privileged to have such a leader in the field of online trading involved in this series. Please follow us on Facebook and engage with us there. And a reminder to make sure you subscribe to the series by clicking the subscribe button on your favorite app. Till next time.